What is up, my lovely people? I hope you are all doing well, and again, thank you so much support for the last few episodes of this podcast. I've been loving making them, and uh, I'm so excited to continue doing so for you all. It's a nice creative outlet for me, as well as a journal-slash-diary-esque thing for me to focus on outside of other work, Uh, so thank you. And you're not special, if someone hasn't told you today. You're welcome. Today, I wanted to talk about risk-taking. Risk is something that a lot of us are taught about, and we obviously learn it by just going about our daily life. Uh, You know, kids, you know, play sports or apply to college or spend money on clothes online, which if you're a woman, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to dig a little bit deeper and talk about the risk associated with change. Now, I know I've talked about change a lot on this series before, and I'm going to continue to elaborate on what I mean by change in this episode, but I want to talk more about the fact that we are afraid of change because we are afraid of risk. So, let's talk about it. So, what do I know about risk? Well, there's a lot of different things that have happened in my life, and I'm sure that have happened in yours, that have taught me a lot about taking risks and even not taking risks. Uh, The first thing is probably, you know, not me taking risks specifically, but my mom wanting to take a risk. Uh, So my mom, originally when I went into first grade, wanted to move me up a grade because she felt like the material was too easy, and the principal said that it was too risky, that I shouldn't be doing it, that she wouldn't approve it because it wouldn't be good for me socially. So there was a major risk in her mind there, and so I stayed in first grade and continued on up until high school. And in high school, I really wanted to graduate early in my freshman year. I basically entered high school and said, yeah, this is definitely not for me. Um, What is the quickest way I can get out of here? And when I originally brought it up to my counselor, she told me like, oh, like that's not really something that you should be prioritizing. Like that's definitely not the right path. You know, that's not really what we approve. We don't really let magnet schools or magnet kids like ever graduate early. And when I brought up why, it was really about, like, like she was scaring me out of it because there was risk involved with not taking certain classes and that it would be uh, more difficult for me to apply to colleges and get rec letters and things like that. So I got scared out of it pretty bad. Um, the whole time I was going through high school, I was having pretty severe, like, just kind of, like, mental um, instability issues. You know, I wasn't really, like... I wasn't really, like, digging high school. Let's just talk, let's just say that, you know? Um, but then I think the the next, like, major risk, um, that I ever took was actually just graduating early in it anyways. Um, when I brought it up over the summer, I had gone through my junior year all online because of COVID, and when I, uh, realized that we had to go back in person for my senior year, I said, I can't do that. Um, I realized that school was really a lot of the cause of what I was feeling at those times, and it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't something that I wanted to experience again. So I basically said, like, I'm graduating early, and what is there, like, what do I need to graduate early? 
and so that was a huge risk, you know, like, uh, graduating early is something that no one in my family has done, and there's very few people that I know that have done it, right, and, like, when I got out of high school, like, I met a lot of other people that did it, but when I first, like, thought about the idea, there was no one else that I knew that had even thought about graduating early, and so when I was looking around and, like, assessing the risk, like, I, I had to convince my parents that I was going to be fine. I had to create a whole pros and cons presentation kind of thing for them. Um, it was scary, you know? It was scary, like, getting confirmation that I had signed up for the last classes I would ever take that summer for high school, and, like, it was just a very, very both stressful and exciting experience. You know, there's another thing about risk when it comes to just college applications in general, you know? Uh, for the kids that are doing college applications right now, you know, I'm, uh, I've gone through the process, uh, like, multiple times with different schools, and, you know, you're spending time on college applications and writing essays on deep topics that may fall on deaf ears, you know? You're doing interviews, uh, and you're talking to all these colleges and professing your love for the material and for the environment, and then some of you will not get into your dream colleges, and that is just a matter of fact, you know, like, that's something that I had to deal with when I got, uh, rejected from a lot of schools that I, that I applied to that I really thought I was a great fit for, and that's just, like, you know, that's the risk associated with college applications, but again, there is a risk there, which is why a lot of people don't go through the, the time to, like, spend on essays for Harvard or interviews for, Duke or, you know, like, there, there's a lot more effort that goes into those things that have a lot higher risk, you know. And right now, I'm trying to fundraise and I feel like I have the confidence to do things, um, but it's also knowing that there is risk involved um, because I am a woman and I am pitching to a predominantly male industry, you know, tech industry is not um, not as, as uh, I guess, like, gender neutral, um, and, you know, that's, that's something that will continue to change, and it's better now than it ever was in the U.S., um, but I think it's fair to say that if you're a woman in the U.S. and in most countries, you know a bit more about risk than a lot of men. Uh, you know, like, when I say that, I think images come to mind of, like, us walking alone at night. We can't really do that, um, as much as, you know, men can, and even when I was taking my long walks, I tried really not to be out at night, um, because it is scary. It is scary knowing that a lot of the time you can be overpowered, and even the weakest men that I know can overpower me with enough, with enough brute force, you know, uh, you know, being alone with men and how scary that is, you know, like, if you don't fully trust men and you're not in a safe environment, there's no telling what a man can do when he wants it, and, you know, it's the same thing with women. I, I acknowledge that there are some women that have overpowered men, and that is a horrible thing on both ends. But I think historically, and uh, as a risk factor right now, uh, women are a lot more scared of walking alone than men are. Um, you know, there's, there's this feeling that you, you can't talk to people because you're not qualified enough. You know, stats have shown that men have the tendency to overestimate how intelligent they are, whereas women underestimate their intelligence, but we found that both are equally as intelligent on average, and that feeling that you can't talk to people because you aren't 
smart enough to understand something or women that feel like they shouldn't ask for a raise because they don't deserve it when their male counterparts are less qualified than them but just have the balls to do it. Um, All of that is kind of associated with the same kind of risk that we grow up with. So I wanted to just like preface everything that I said with that, you know, that's in uh, something that I think we have to acknowledge. Um, So what about risk and change? Well, if you think about it, the only reason that people don't change is because there's risk involved. So, for example, if I decide I want to lose weight, one of the number one resolutions and goals of people in the new year, you know, what are the risk factors there? So, risk one could be, you know, you could be losing money on a gym membership that I don't use. It could be just losing money in general on food that I don't eat. Uh, and, like, risk two could be getting injured because I speed into it too fast and I... I overestimate my strength and then I and then I get hurt and I can't go into the gym, which goes back to risk one. Risk three could be not seeing any progress even though I feel like I'm working hard. Uh, risk four could be life getting in the way and not being able to spend time with friends and family. Uh, you know, right off the top of my head, I can think of four different reasons why people would say they don't have time to exercise or can't lose weight and a lot of it is because there's a ton of risk involved here. Uh, I know especially for me, you know, I'm an overthinker. And I know a lot of people uh, are overthinkers. And when I think, (laughs) well, you know, when I think about it, I'm always thinking. Uh, When I think about it, I am thinking about the risk of all of my decisions all the time, you know. Uh, Especially when it comes to, or at least when it used to come to exercise, it was always, what am I sacrificing to do this? And, you know, each of these things that I mentioned in terms of like the gym example can be easily worked around. But it's the fact that there is risk that makes it difficult to change. I feel like once you remove the power of risk, you start to realize how easy it is to get going on things. You know, when people say they start exercising and never want to stop, there's a reason for that. And it's because the idea of risk is removed from the equation, or at least removed enough to where it's, in, it's, in the, it's on the sidelines. You know, you're not facing it every time you step into a gym. I've been using that lately, you know, and starting a YouTube channel. So I figured, well, I'm on my second gap year. I'm working on my company. I can't be working, working, working all the time uh, because I know I'm going to burn out. So what if I did something that was just, that I just genuinely found fun as a hobby? Well, what are the risks of starting a YouTube channel? Um, Risk one is getting equipment and spending money on it and never using it. And I found that a money factor is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, in terms of risk. Risk two is starting it and no one watching. Risk three is a lot more um, favorable, I would say, but risk three is starting it and getting followers and having to juggle things while keeping up an audience, so just not having time for anything else. So I can think of a lot of different reasons why I shouldn't start a channel, but then I do it anyways, and it's been so fun. And, you know, I'll, I'll link it in the description, shameless plug, if you guys want to check it out. But seriously, when I think of anything I do, uh, is there a significant risk? And the answer to that is yes. Like, there is significant risk in a lot of different things. And sometimes, you know, that yes is uh, not significant in what we really think of, you know. In the grand scheme of things, getting into a car in the U.S. is is a huge risk, considering that there are thousands of car accidents every day, and, you know, people get hurt, and people die. And that's awful. And, you know, there is a risk every time you're getting into a huge hunk of metal with an engine in it that could explode. Um, 
and and that's that's just something that we we have to deal with as people that need to get places you know that's a risk that we are able to overlook and put on the sidelines very easily as soon as we step into the driver's seat and you know even drinking water has a risk if you overconsume it there's uh, a huge problem with athletes for that reason and i remember one time i was obsessed with drinking a ton of water and i drank so much water in one sitting that i felt like i was gonna die like i felt like all of the I, i was both hot and cold at the same time i was sweating but also getting chills and i was lucky that i stopped at that point because it was it was really bad and i will never you know i will try not to overconsume water ever again because of that but you know i think of the risk of graduating early and think of how scary that was to not know what was going to happen there was a there's a ton of risk associated with graduating early and you know out, out of the things that i had mentioned like that was probably one of the scariest things ever and not having people that i could talk to close to me that were in my family not having people that had really done it before, having to basically justify why I had to do it to my parents who still didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, all of that, like, kind of cumulative, uh, like, cumulative uh, fear is just, like, completely something that I, I can't even, like, think about doing something like that again. Like, it, it it's risky and it's, and it brings a lot of fear into it. And even now, you know, I'm scared of what happens in 2023. I have things planned out until the end of the year, but everything could change in the blink of an eye, really. And, and it's because I'm, I'm self-employed. You know, I have I have a company that I have to continue do work, doing work on and I enjoy that, but it's both exhilarating and terrifying. And there's a ton of risk involved. And it's also the fact that I'm not going to college and I'm going straight into work. That's pretty scary. Um, a lot of my other friends are just in college. A lot of my friends that I've grown up with and have talked to going, talked about going to college with are now in college and I'm not. And, uh, working and having people rely on you and even though I'm my own boss, it's, it's still something where I think about it and I'm like, oh yeah, like I have to do this or I have to go back to doing something that I don't want to do, which is going to school. (laughs) And Today, I had to figure out incorporation and taxes today, and oh my god, that was so stressful. I'm just continuously scared and excited about the future, and all that has to do with risk, right? Like, I keep coming back to risk. That's the main focus of this episode, but to some degree, I want to echo that uh, risk is good. You know, risk keeps us from touching a hot pan or walking barefoot on the freeway or trying to survive alone in some jungle although that's kind of the norm in the way that reality TV paints it, Um, but risk is good to some extent. But I think for the most part, in a westernized, advanced society, I think it stops a lot of people from doing what they really want to do. And I was talking to a coworker the other day about hobbies, and he had picked up diving in the ocean. And he told me this story about how he had always had a fascination with it and had wanted to do it for so long, but the equipment was expensive and it was kind of dangerous and there's a million different things that can go wrong and you have to really be educated on how to survive all of those mistakes. Uh, and one day he was talking with a buddy of his and he convinced my coworker to start. And since then he's seen hundreds of little creatures in the sea and seen crazy cool wrecks and has found a newfound 
uh, hobby for diving and, and this love for the ocean. But if he hadn't pushed aside some of that risk, he wouldn't have found something new that he truly, he thoroughly enjoys. Um, I guess my reason for making this podcast is more for people like me who may be stuck in a mental rut and are controlled by risk or are uh, or have the fear of something going wrong. The habit we have to get ourselves into is to either A, forget about risk sometimes, or B, learn how to deal with failure. And I want to touch on failure a little bit in the next episode or the episode after that, but the main part of risk management is assessing what could go wrong and how to solve it. Uh, I'm in the wildfire tech space, if you guys didn't know, uh, and in classic firefighting management, the way that you approach fighting fires is basically spotting a fire, assessing the risk, calculating what could go wrong and which ways it could spread, and then tackling it. So we're not hopping straight in. We're being calculated about our approach, but that also means understanding that things can go wrong no matter what decision you make. I could have gone to college. I could have chosen to go to college instead of working on my company. I could have chosen to stay in high school another year. But there's always risk associated with those decisions. I think about it now, and I know that I wouldn't have been as happy as I am now. I know I wouldn't have been as fulfilled. And knowing that risk makes me glad that I took the leap. And I think the point of me making this is to urge you all to take that leap if you're if you're scared of doing something and don't really know what would come of it or if there's a lot of like risk that you haven't calculated yet that you're thinking about, just go for it and let me know how it goes. And thank you so much for watching. I have new YouTube videos coming out every Thursday, same as this podcast, so if you want, you can go and watch that. I put my channel in the description down below. Thank you again for the added support, and I've been so happy thinking about the ways that I can optimize my life and share that with the world and share that with everyone that uh, listens and watches. Um, seriously, it means so much to me. You have no idea. And with that being said, you are not special, but you can be revolutionary if you put your mind to it. See ya.